You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Are you struggling with the hiring epidemic? Are you struggling with how to do this? Are you struggling with how to bring people in and make sure they are a perfect fit in your practice? Well, everybody is. Today on the podcast, we share an amazing webinar that we did recently with Miranda Beeson called The Dentist Blueprint to Perfect Hiring, How to Ensure Each Team Member is a Perfect Fit. Please listen to this. We offer some downloads and some other tools to help you get through this process. It'll help you create a better practice and a better life in which you find the right people that'll stay. So listen up. Hope you guys enjoy it. And we'll see you soon. Our goal with these webinars is just to give you great information so that you can, and we're really going to encourage you, share this with your team members. You know, this one is going to be more about hiring, but as you go back to the, the one we did last on the phone skills, and we're just going to keep bringing them. Um, and I really want them to be hugely valuable for everybody that's listening. One of the things that we do is our To The Top Study Club. It's one of my favorite things of all time. And uh, it's a regular study club where we bring some of the best thinkers from all over the country in dentistry. And we share with them on a quarterly basis, very best practices. Think about this. I never wanted to be the smartest person in any room. And now I'm not. It's so cool. And uh, it's a study club in which you can see what others are doing as practice owners to create a better practice and a better life. And it's been growing so well. We started with one group of 50 and now we have a second one and we're going to add a third one at some point throughout the course of this year. And if you're interested, we'd love for you to join us. I believe in this so much that you can come for free the first time on us. And if you hate it, let's just high five and call it a day. You don't have to stay, but I know that won't happen. So uh, I know you'll, you'll come, you'll be with us, you'll be fired up, you'll go home, you'll have better thinking, better systems, better support. It's really hard being an entrepreneur. And it's very lonely being a dentist if you feel like you don't feel like anyone understands you. Don't do that anymore. Be in a great group that keeps you fired up. So join us for the To The Top Study Club. If you registered for the webinar, you get an automatic golden ticket to come join us for one time. So that's what that's all about. Anything else you would add, Miranda? All right, you get good swag. Yeah, you get great sweat. I'm rocking my to the top pullover today. So you are. <laughs> no, it's a good time. I would encourage anybody to be there. And there's no one that leaves to the top that says, man, this was a waste of my time. It's just energy and positivity and value build. And everybody leaves feeling better than when they walked in. And you also feel like you just have a sense of community. Like you said, it's lonely and it's nice to feel like you're not alone on this journey of practice ownership. So that's what we we try to bring to the table is you come in and, and you find friends along the way. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So first, first order of business and Ange and our team will appreciate this. I'm going to add the CE to the chat. So yeah. um, Look at that. I've never done this before. So first time for everybody. Here we go. You can All right. do so it. 
All the information you need for CE regarding the webinar, it's in the chat and uh, you'll have it right there. Sweet. And we'll do that again towards the end, just for anybody who isn't on just yet as people trickle in. So we'll we'll post that again one more time before everything's all said and done today. So, all right, we'll just jump in. You ready? Yeah. One more show note. Uh, I'm going to add a whole bunch of uh, downloads to the uh, the chat. So uh, instead of waiting until the end, I'm just going to add them now. So as you're listening, go ahead and download them yourself on your computer. We want you to have all these tools and resources and use them. And if you struggle, just reach out to us. We'll help you. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, we're going to talk about a blueprint for perfect hiring to ensure that every team member is a perfect fit. And this is important because as we know right now, oh, and we're not advancing. There we go. Staffing shortages are a number one challenge reported by dental practice owners. So uh, there's a Health Policy Institute and they did a survey back at the beginning of the year saying, looking ahead into 2023, what do you see as the emerging issues that are going to account for the most stress in your practice. And 66%, a whopping astounding 66%, well, more than the majority of people felt like staff and team turnover hiring was going to be one of the biggest issues. And we talk a lot about things like burnout, which are also very important, but I thought it was really interesting to note that that was only 4% of the survey results. And so as much as we're spending time talking about burnout, it really accounts for only about 4% of the stress in our practice. And right now, today, we're going to talk about solving this issue of what the majority of us are feeling, which is the staff shortage and the hiring like crisis that we're kind of in right now. Yeah. And just on a bigger global why around this, I mean, when you get the right people, it doesn't change your life a little bit. It transforms your life. It makes you a happy dentist. It makes you a happy person. When you get the right people in the right seats, you don't even know what's going on. You're like, I just love this. I don't know what's happening now. Granted, it's harder than ever. And that's why we have to up our game. Long gone are the old days of just putting an ad out there and letting them flood your inbox and then choosing, you know, a great team member who just found you through an ad. So we're going to give you some new tips, some new thinking, and and uh, there we yeah. go. All right. Oh, this was the survey. So you can see that avoiding burnout, 4%, and 66 is well above the next concern, which was around inflation, overhead, and rising costs, which we all know is, has happened. Um, and then insurance issues and low reimbursement rates, again, around 39%. So staffing is the highest concern. And everyone right now, it's hard to find a practice that isn't hiring. Um, I work with several offices, many offices, and I, I had one that wasn't hiring. And I'd always tell him, don't tell anybody that you're not hiring. But guess what? He's hiring now. Well, no. So, <laughs> but it's a good thing, right? Because that also brings opportunity into the practice. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But there is, it's hard to find a practice owner that isn't hiring right now. And turnover is expensive. So I want to talk about why this is important. We always start with why. Turnover is expensive. Really, that is the bottom line. We know that when we need to hire someone and, and bring someone into the practice, it costs us money. Um, it costs money to find that person and it costs money as we're onboarding that person. And so when you do need to hire someone new, finding the right person and doing it efficiently is really the key to minimizing the cost to your business and minimizing the negative impact to your team and culture. Yeah, and absolutely. And so, you know how this is, you get the wrong person, dentists hire too quickly and they fire too slowly. And typically, and let me go back to the resume thing. This is why we have to think differently. You know, again, long gone are the days where you put out the ads. And now what it's come to is finding the least worst option. You're like, this is the least worst um, resume I can find. And then you put them into play in your practice. And you're like, gosh, darn it. It's not the right fit. And so not only is the dollar cost expensive, but the time cost, you lost six months of your life. And I found just as this is anecdotal doing this 29 years, it usually probably takes dentists about six months before they even figure it out. And then another six months to do anything about it. And when you tally that up, that's a year of lost time. And we don't have time to waste. And if you have good employees that are watching you tolerate that new team member for a year, 
I bet you're going to be hiring for one of those positions sometime soon too, because good employees don't stick around when you tolerate ones that aren't the right fit. So you're correct in that if we hit the six month mark and we know it's not right, we have to make some decisions, but we're going to give you some strategies and some plans to really find the right person, at least with a higher likelihood so that you're not running into that problem of like, man, how did we get this pool to pull from? And like you said, we're the best option out of the worst options. It's like not the way we want to go. So, you know, the other thing we want to talk about is new hires and new hires should add immediate value and productivity to your practice, not drain that from your practice. And so, again, we're going to talk about how to help you find the right people who will start bringing value and productivity into the practice ASAP when they join your team. The wrong person in the wrong seat can deplete your team and resources, actually reducing your productivity and ultimately costing you even more. So finding that right person for the seat that you're hiring for is critical in this process. And we're going to help you figure out some strategies on how to get there. You do this really well. We have an awesome team at ACT. Maybe you can speak to that, Kirk. Uh, because I've made every mistake there's ever been made. So if you're listening to this, please, uh, I'll share a piece of humble pie with you. Like no one screwed this up more than me. I love people so much. I'm just like, you're hired. I've been, you know, and in all fairness to both sides, the employer and the employee and team member, you know, we don't do a good job of giving people a clear line of sight of how to succeed. We don't even know what we're looking for. Sometimes we're like, yes, you just do your thing. Come on in. We don't take a look at core values. We don't look. So again, the whole idea is we want to give you some clear, you know, some clear systems to be able to do this. And you've you've had this happen. You have a new hire and immediately, exactly like you said, you can feel they're bringing value. And then you have a new hire and you wonder, I don't know if anything's happening. So um, I don't know. I'll be quiet because I can go off on that one for a long time. (laughs) Well, that takes us into training. And again, why it's important to go through what we're going to be talking about today is even when you find the right person and you're certain that they're going to be in the right seat for your practice and bringing that productivity, you have to be intentional about how you onboard them. You say all the time, we tend to not onboard people, we waterboard people. And we have to be better about that as leaders. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And while hiring can be costly to your practice, so can the training and onboarding process. So if you don't go about it strategically, it can drag on and on, or we never even really get there. And that can be really costly to the practice over time. So when you're looking um, overall, your team is your brand. The people that are in your practice are the people who who represent you to the patients, to the outside public, when they pick up the phone, when someone walks through the door, they're a representation of your brand. And so we really wanna make sure that every person on your team does that in a positive way and impacts your reputation in a positive way. Positive way. Um, ensuring that you hire the right person and onboard them in the right way strategically is gonna help to ensure that you're keeping that positive impact on your brand in the community and to the patients that you're already existing seeing. And maybe you find someone who even elevates that brand to the next level. You didn't even know it could get any better, but you find just the right person and it shifts the energy completely. And now we've even elevated elevated our brand. Yeah, and can I piggyback on that? This is one of my favorite slides in the whole webinar is that I'm I'm part of a lot of conversations and people have this, oh, this is the future of dentistry. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say it. And I don't care anymore. Your team is the secret sauce. Your team is your is your favorite marketing asset. Your team is like everything in dentistry. And so, you know, when you talk about marketing assets or practice assets, don't think of technology, a facility, you know, a business plan, your Facebook ads. When you have an amazing team, they represent you so well. They do things for their own reasons to support the cause. And I'm going to throw one more thing in here. It's about leadership because the team is usually a reflection of the leader. And a level four leader gets people to follow them. A level five leader gets people to follow a cause. So I never want anybody to follow me. I want to get people inspired to follow something that's way bigger than me. I'm just the bald, goofy guy walking around here supporting them as they, as we all support the cause. It takes the onus off of you. They go find other people that want to support this cause. And I'll take, I'll share one more thing. Cause this is my favorite thing. You're going to come to the top. Here's my challenge. You listen to Wimmer. I want you to come to the top and I'm just going to tell you, just sit back and take it all in. My favorite thing 
is not when people go, oh, this is a great education. I learned so much. The food was awesome. No, my favorite thing ever is when somebody goes, man, your team is awesome. I've worked my tail off to try to find the secrets to this. And there aren't any, you just got to do the hard work. But that's my favorite thing ever. And when you start to, now I'm not going to say I've arrived, please. No, I got to work harder than ever now. But you know the same thing. Patients sit down in your chair and they're like, these people are incredible. And you go, yes, they are. I just got to stay out of their way. So please <laughs> don't skip over this slide. Your team is your brand. Absolutely. And you're making an investment in them and in your practice when you're digging into hiring the right people the right way and making sure that we're training them and getting them on course to represent your brand. So let's talk a little bit about actually hiring. So that's the why. Let's get into it. Before you hire, there are a few things that you want to do to make sure that you're on the right track. First, you want to know, are you at capacity? So before you hire and spend the time and money and effort and invest into bringing someone new onto the team, uh, you want to look and say, like, do we really need this person? And this can come into two different plays here. One, maybe someone leaves the team and you immediately think, oh my gosh, we have to replace that person. Well, let's stop for a minute and evaluate, do we need to hire someone else? Also, you might have a feeling that you need someone else. Man, we feel so busy. It feels like we're scheduling our hygiene patients too far out. It feels like I can't keep up and my restorative schedule is off track. But let's stop first and really look at the data and look at, uh, are you at capacity? So we have a capacity tracker. We've talked about it before on webinars. This is what it looks like. And you have someone who's responsible and accountable. Typically, you know, in hygienist, each hygienist is going to be responsible for their own schedule or their own column. Maybe an assistant might do this for their doctor. And you're going to look each day and say, if I have eight hours available, how many of those eight hours are actually full or at capacity with patient care? And then at the end of the week, at the end of the month, you can tally those results and get a percentage. And really, you want to be at about 95% capacity. You know, it's hard to be at 100. You're always going to have somebody here or there that falls out. But we want to be at about 95% capacity. If you are running these reports and realizing that, man, my hygiene team's actually at about 84% capacity. Well, maybe you don't need another hygienist just yet. We need to get some systems in place first to make sure that our schedule's staying full and that we're maintaining that capacity. We have the, the bottoms in the chair that need to be there on a daily basis. Yeah. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. Because hygienists are not easy to find. They're not <laughs> flooding the job market right now. Think about this. If you're 82% or 83%, you're not profitable in that hygiene operatory. What's cool about this tracker is you can have a team member hygienist list their hours available, hours with patients and tally it up at the end of the month and turn it in. And so what if they start at 82%? Let's get to 87%, then 95%. Now you're keeping the right chairs full. It allows, it's really easy and you don't have to do it. You just teach team members to do it. And you now can make conclusions based on this because if you have an 83% capacity and you add another hygienist that's at 72%, you're just adding more and more non-productivity to your office. And you're probably picking up more square footage to do that. Why don't, don't do that? So our job is to make sure that you make really good decisions. And I'm pretty sure this is one of the downloads that you're sharing with all of our viewers and participants today. Yeah, it's one, it's one of the PDFs I put right into the feed so you can download all of them right away. Perfect. So this is a, a phrase that you say often that I love, and it's like, are you throwing people at inefficiencies? So again, we want to look at, are we really needing someone else or are we just inefficient and we're going to throw another body at the problem to see if we can't try to solve it? So before you do that, you really want to evaluate, is everyone on your team currently the right person in the right seat? And do we have accountab accountabilities in place for those people to ensure that they're maximizing their potential within their role? And before you consider hiring, you, you want to make sure that you are fully maximizing the people that you have. Are there people on your team who are looking for a little bit more? Um, have we done check-ins? Have we talked to them lately about what they're hoping to get out of their career? Do you have someone who's working in the back who may be wanting to transition and share time administratively to, to give themselves a little bit of relief or to learn a new skill? So before you bring someone new onto the team, stop and look at the team that you currently have and determine, are they the right person in the right seat? Do they have the capacity to do it? And are we at capacity or not? And let's make sure we're fully maximizing the team that we have before we go and try to bring somebody new into the mix, um, because then we might just be throwing bodies at inefficiencies. 
Yeah, one more thing I want to add about that on point number four is you talk about maximizing your current team. We're not just talking about effort because some of your team members are working harder than they've ever worked. You use the magic word, it's called skill. You have some great people, but they haven't been trained on verbal skills. They haven't been trained really well on AR. They haven't been trained really well on scheduling. Think about it. If you have two amazing people at the front and you send them to Miranda's administrative team course, they could have their minds blown about how to think better about scheduling, about finances, about AR. They come back and go, oh, no, 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 we're charging more. We're not doing that anymore. You're like, oh my gosh. Now you don't need a third person. Two people can start to be productive more and they can actually do it in an easier fashion. Yep. And then that that helps to give them more fulfillment and feel less burnout as well. Most team members really want really clear expectations of what their role and responsibilities are. And that's where the function accountability comes in, uh, chart comes into play as well. So when we talk about a face chart, um, this is where we can look at what seats do we have in the organization now? What seats do we need in the organization if we look out a year, a year and a half, two years, and really build out what each of those seats will format in accountability. This is an example of one of our clients who shared a function and accountability chart um, so we're grateful for Dr. Kashala and that team. And so this is an organizational chart visually. We don't have any of the accountab accountabilities built in here. But if we do take this to the next level, what you'll see is within each department that they've built into their organizational workflow, they have uh, titles with functions. So we know exactly what the office manager is accountable for. We know exactly what our communication coordinator is going to be accountable for and our scheduling and insurance coordinator. And so prior to bringing someone on board, we want to have this FAC chart built out because we don't want to just hire someone to work up front. We want to hire a scheduling coordinator, or we want to hire a finance and HR coordinator. We want to know the seat that we are trying to fill to make sure that we're finding the right person to fill that seat. There's a million different ways that an FAC chart can look. So don't get hung up on the appearance of it. The most important thing is that we have all of the seats defined. And then what are the responsibilities or accountabilities within each of those seats prior yeah. to bringing someone on board? Can I add one more thing to this? I, I love the FAC so much, and I talk about it internally here at ACT. Please write this down if you're listening to this, whatever. 80% of your success in the future is in this chart. 80% of your current problems are also in this chart. Not all of them, but some, a great majority of them. I don't even need to know everybody's name, but if you show me your FAC and it's really well detailed and you start telling me how stressed you are, I'll go, okay, what's going on here? And you'll go, I don't know, I don't know. You can really get clear on this and you can start to work on it and you'll see. Now think about it. It also benefits the team members. You have to have a find, find a way to do this. And the FAC is the best way. Who does what in your business? That's what I want to know. Who does what and what are they responsible for or what are they accountable for? And you'll find how powerful this is when you start to do it. Love it. I agree completely. All right, so now we've done all that and we know that we need to hire someone. We're sure that that we're there and we need to hire. So now that uh, we're there, we have to think about a few things really strategically. And so now that we're sure, we're gonna say, <clears throat> what are we hiring for? We're gonna look at that FAC chart and we're gonna say, what responsibilities does this person need to be able to have the skill and capability to accomplish? We wanna develop and document a job description. We need to have that prior to bringing someone on board because we need to be able to interview someone and know, are they going to be able to fulfill this job description specifically? Oh, look at that. And we have a job description download for you. We're just giving away all kinds of good stuff today. I love it. So this is an example that we have that we're gonna be sharing with you from our resources that helps you to have examples from some different positions within the dental office to help get you started on what might a job description look like? What does it need to entail? It does need to be detailed. We say often specific is terrific, vague is the plague. And this helps us to have really clear expectations when someone's coming on board to make sure that they know what they're getting into. And we also can interview and assure that we're finding the right person to accomplish those tasks. And so what would the right person look like? You wanna you know, highlight that hiring the right person 
comes from your core values. That's a big piece of it as well. While that job description is really important, what's also really important is does this person fit in with our team and our culture? And are they going to be able to show up day in and day out with actions and characteristics and behaviors that fit our core values? And I know you want to chime in here. Oh my gosh, I'm trying. I'm just like pacing around <laughs> like a dog waiting to be let outside. So just a good rule of thumb is always focus on don't fire, hire who for, and then what? Don't hire what? I used to hire what and then try to find the who. No, you're looking for the who first and then you're going to help them with what? Because when you find the right who, it's amazing what they can do. And you'll take anyone who's in on your core values and then when you start to do it, you're going to be extra protective of the environment because I don't care how big your team is, but as it's, as it starts to grow, you had the wrong person. Things go bad fast. So I love finding the right values in someone before we bring them on. And I know we're going to talk about that in the hiring process. Yeah. And I mean, it's so key. I mean, I mentioned the FAC and I mentioned having a clear job description and you want to make sure you have someone who can fulfill those skill set. But I don't want someone who can fulfill that skill set and has the capability to do it if they're going to be toxic or they believe in things that our practice philosophy doesn't support. So it's really important to marry those two things together to make sure that we're getting that right person for the right seat. And in the future, one of the things that we'll talk about as well is as that person does come on board, we'll immediately start evaluating, are they the right person and are they in the right seat? And we have a scorecard and we're gonna share that download with you as well, where you can actually measure team members against your core values or within your core values to determine, is this person right for the practice? And honestly, over time, sometimes that can change as well. So this is helpful for existing team members um, we talk about doing this quarterly with team members. We do it internally with ACT. You you and the leadership team fill out core values. Oh, you're raising your hand. Look at that. I, I didn't know I didn't know when I could interject, but I'm going to. I'll Anytime the, you want to. Then I don't know how to get it off though. How to do Okay, so <laughs> real quick. So if you're watching this webinar, your question might be, okay, well, I get it. Here's the thing. In dentistry, don't do the annual reviews because what you do is you write this long dissertation and about things that you did all this year. And then, you know, your team members coming, it's an appointment to to talk about my raise. That's what it is. And so the team members waiting for the raise and then they hear you go, $2 more. And you go, what? Don't do that anymore. That's not productive for anybody. When you have a right person, right seat scorecard, you only hire people for two reasons. Number one, they fit your core values. Number two, they can get results. And that's all you're talking about when you're going through the scorecard. How are you doing on our values and how are you doing on results? And the cool thing about when you use this consistently, people know exactly where they are. You don't have to fire anybody when you start to do this because you go through it once and they're not meeting expectations. They already know what's going to happen. Now, the other thing is you can be their coach. You don't even, you don't have to be their boss. You don't have to be mean. You can say, hey, listen, I want you to make it here, but we're falling short in this and this and this, and I'm here to help you. I will stay late. I will do anything. Just come to me and I'll take anyone who's willing to lean into it and say, I want to be here because I'm going to tell you how to get here. But a lot of times we use subjective language. And if you're a wuss like me, team members that are unperforming, underperforming, they come to you and go, how are you doing? You go, you go, you're doing great but you're not doing great, you know, and you, and you it just can't feels say better it. to say that. Yeah. It's just but doing something easy now that feels comfortable now is just going to prolong your long-term discomfort and dissatisfaction. And so you often talk about that fork in the road of choosing the easy path versus choosing the hard path. And it might be hard right now, but man, is it going to be a beautiful thing later? 100%. 100%. Absolutely. All right. Well, oh, here's an example of our Right People, Right Seat scorecard. And again, the downloads in the chat so you guys can have access to this as well. And it's really great because you just basically build out your team members' names down the left and you can build your core values into the top. You want to talk? I see it. Go. <laughs> and you might be thinking, well, Miranda's surprised at this. And she is. We're a great team. She creates the outline. I create the slides. So I gave her the control of this. I love, I love taking her outlines and just creatively doing a whole lot of stuff. So um, that uh, those downloads are in the feed there. It's because when you find the right team members, yes. you work together, you balance each other with your strengths, it works out well. Amen. All right, all right. So how do we recruit? This is a challenge right now. And like you said, we can't do things just like we've done before. We can't just throw it on Indeed 
and hope that everything sticks and we get 30 resumes and we get to just pick and choose what we like. So um, one of the things that you and Barrett shared at the last to the top was creating a unique employment proposition. We have to make ourselves stand out in the same way we need to differentiate our practice to our patients. We have to differentiate ourselves to future and potential employees. We have to make sure that we are well aware of what we're offering not only in compensation, although that is important, but what else are we offering that's going to create a fulfilling, fun, ideal job work environment for our potential candidates that exist? Yeah. One more thing. Can I add this? Yes. Um, today is the day that uh, hiring has changed. Actually, it's been changing for the last two months. Resumes are going to get exponentially better. Cover letters are going to get exponentially, but you're going to start seeing the best resumes you've ever seen. They're going to be coming in fast. Here's why. I can copy your job description. I can paste it into chat GPT and I can say, write the perfect resume for me. And you can go, no, add, add, add a little bit more digital dentistry, add the word digital dentistry, add the word financial arrangements to that add. By the time I do three iterations of it, it's going to be the most brilliant cover letter you've ever read in your life because ChatGPT did it. Now there's a plugin for my email. I can change the email, make me sound like a smart person. So um, you have to be careful about the written word and finding them the old way. That's why finding the unique employment, people talk about the unique sales proposition. I think that's changed too. You still have to have that. But what's more important now as a dental practice owner is a unique employment proposition, which clearly states, why would I want to work for you? Why is this such a special place to work? No, you're exactly right. And you have to have a brand within your hiring, just like you do elsewhere. Like you have to think outside the box. I'm often talking to teams about video and visuals, especially now when people like we're just scrolling, we're all scrolling on 20, 30 second videos. If you can put a little video montage together of the like things that are positive about your practice, have videos of your team, maybe even a testimonial of someone that works at the office who's talking about how awesome it is to work here. Um, internal team recruiting, You once you develop these unique things like a flyer, a visual aid with f- photographs, a video, your team can also share that. One of the first things I encourage a team to do when you know you need to bring someone on board is ask your current team who loves working here to spread the word. And if they spread the word and they ask their friends to share and spread the word, it's really going to be great how many people you can access through that web. And you're more likely to find people who you know are going to fit the values of the practice because the people that are existing working there fit the practice and they know what you're all about. Um, Another thing is to utilize social media to your advantage. Now, you can do that ongoing by creating a brand for yourself within Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, but you have a lot of resources now. And if we're just posting in Dental Post and Indeed and uh, Glassdoor, I can't think of all the names of the recruiting agencies that are out there. We have to also take advantage of what people are spending the majority of their time doing, which is looking at social media. And we have to get outside of just text and really have some catchy visuals that also do represent your brand. If you do unique dentistry, show some unique dentistry. If you really have a high value for continuing education, show your team out celebrating and enjoying continuing education together. If you have, uh, you can make a post for each core value that you post on social media. You just have to think outside of the box and try to get some community outreach in play as well. Go ahead, Kirk. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that we talk about internally, and actually we're going to be talking about a book that we've been reading as a company here is thinking about not about hiring, but really thinking about being a recruiter. Think about a college football coach or anyone who's trying to find talent. Don't look for talent reactively, which means, oh, we lost somebody. Now I got to search. You always got to be on the lookout, which includes the UEP and then always looking for somebody that would fit your values. I say you should always be building a bench, not hiring somebody, but always be on the lookout for somebody that's great. There's an incredible team member we have. Her name's Julie. I stole her out of the star. I didn't steal her. Okay, so I should be careful about that. You recruited her. I recruited her. Yeah, Julie was the manager of the Starbucks that I have been going to for five years. And then she told me she was getting ready to leave. And I'm like, 
And she was out there putting trash in the dumpster. You could see what she was working hard on days where there were employees that didn't come in. And I'm like, man, she's just a great team member for this. And so when she was deciding to leave, I'm like, you're coming to work here. And she's like, what do you do? And I go, I don't even know. So I brought her to work and we found a role for her. But my point is this, be on the lookout for people that would fit your value system. And as you watch the work ethic and the smile and what they bring to any environment, you're going to go, wow, that's a great person. Uh, Chuck Bull, great orthodontist here in town in Milwaukee. He taught me this years ago. I I went to get a Starbucks with him. Funny Starbucks shows up. And he said, Kirk, you always got to be on the lookout for good, great people. And we were ordering a coffee and the woman who was serving us, she had a big smile. And he goes, wow, you have a great smile. And you just seems like you love people. She's like, yes, I do. He said to her, have you ever thought about working in dentistry? And she's like, no. And he said, you'd be amazing in dentistry. Here's my card. If you ever want to think about dentistry, I'd love to have the chance to chat with you. And as we were walking out, he's like, not everybody says yes. Actually, only a few people will take you up on that but you're looking for a quality in a person. And he had a team of 26 and they were fun. So be on the lookout. I, I've done the exact same thing before. A really awesome waitress who was engaged and did a great job of building value in the specials and trying, you know, upselling on different things that we had going on that night, connecting and recognizing when we had needs. And at the end, I'm like, you know, I have a team nearby who's looking for a new team member. Do you mind? Have you ever considered? And it is true. Customer service is the biggest piece. We're creating patient experiences every single day. And that's really uh, what feeds our business. I actually read read a book the other day and a line and it said, you know, if you're the dentist, you don't, you don't pay your team. The patients pay your team. The, Ooh, you know, that. income is coming from the patients, not the doctor. If, if, if someone wants to make more money within the practice. We don't just say, hey, doctor, can you pay me more money? Like we need to figure out how we can generate more care for our patients that's gonna build that profitability so we can. And so in the end, you have to find people who who can create a patient experience that's gonna continue to elevate your brand or at least support your brand and your core values. And so I agree that there's a lot of positions within the dental office that you can look for outside of traditional means. And that's where the community outreach comes into play. Put yourself out into the community as much as you can. Um, it's it's really networking in, in another sense. And then the other piece is you do still have to write a hiring ad from time to time. We still want to have that post. So what kind of hiring ad do we need to write? We need to write an ad that stands out. You and I had a podcast on this a little while back. So if anybody wants to jump into our podcast and and search for that one, we, we talked about writing a hiring ad that stands out. And if you were to go right now on to Dental Post or onto Indeed and say, you know, I'm a dental hygienist and I want to see what's in my area, it's going to sound exactly the same. It's going to just be, we're a really busy office looking for someone who can multitask, who would like to, you know, take really good quality care of patients. We're looking for someone full-time and we offer great compensation and benefits. It's like so boring, so boring. Yeah. And so you have to look for an ad that stands out from the crowd, build in color, build in photos if you can, Uh, change the formatting of your text so it's not just boring paragraph structure. If I'm a hygienist, I don't need to know what the job description and expectations are. I already know what I'm doing as a hygienist. What I need to know is what am I going to feel like working in your practice? What do you believe in? And is it the same things that I believe in? So we talk about building in our core values. We talk about building in uh, what other experiences have been. I love when current team members actually put quotes into an ad about why we want you to come join our team and be a part of our team and what we love about working here. Um, And it's really nice to have something in the mix that does kind of sell for you. But you, when you're interviewing someone or when you're putting an ad out, they're interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them. And yeah. so while, yes, we need to know, like, these are the things we need from you. And that's what most ads speak to is like what we are looking for in someone. We also have to be sharing what they're going to be getting out of this exchange. Yeah. And I would, I, I rarely disagree with you, but I'm going to. You said they're doing as much homework on you. No, they're doing way more homework on you than you are on them. You do a little bit of a reference check. You call, 
you call somebody that they put on their resume and it's their brother that answers the phone and says they're a great employee. I think the important thing here is, you know, you got to make a statement. I love, you know, I saw an ad, you want to have fun again at work? Yeah. You want to work for a dentist that actually really cares about their team members? Try me. I guarantee you're going to find now, are we a perfect office? No, but I care about these things. Boom, boom, boom. Remember at the end of the day, marketing, team members, patients, I would encourage you when you're putting anything out in the universe, just talk about what you care about because the people that you're going to attract care about the same things. So people are like, what should I put in there? Don't think too much about it. Just talk about what you care about and really talk about it. In marketing, talk about what you care about. In hiring, talk about what you care about. You're going to attract people that care about the same things. Yep. And that's where the core values come into play too. If you really want people, the right people who live your core values, put them in your ad. And if somebody believes in those core values, they're going to read that and be like, I have to reach out to these people and find out what this is all about. And if it's somebody who doesn't align with those core values, they will not apply. It's going to turn them off for sure. So it's really important to make sure that you share who you are in that ad and in that process. All right. And so the next step is we, we realized we need to hire someone. And we figured out how to make sure through data that we do. And now we decided we're sure and we need to start recruiting. And we've talked a little bit about how to recruit and find the right people for the practice. And now we have some applicants and we need to talk about how do we interview in a way that really sets us up for success. So there's some interview strategies that really work. And one thing to consider is team interviews. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do team interviews, but I do think it's really, really important that the people who are going to be working alongside of this individual get to also weigh in on if we feel like this person is a good fit and vice versa. As an applicant, it's really great to have interaction with more than just maybe the hiring doctor or the office manager, because they're also trying to make sure this is somewhere that they're going to want to be long-term. But I love the idea of bringing team members into the interview process and making it more of a group function. And we want to avoid generic interview questions. Interviews can be so boring and mundane and people can really prepare for what is your greatest strength? What would people say is your greatest weakness? Because we've been there and done that so many times. So we have to get a little bit creative with interview strategies. What do you think? Yeah. And one more thing I would just add. Now I'm the worst at this. So I'm trying to be quiet during the interview part because I've screwed this up more than anybody. One thing I would say prior to the interview is ask people to submit a video submission. And so here at Act Dental, we require people like just, just hold up your phone and talk into your phone and send us a 60 second video on why you think you would be a great candidate for this role. If they can't shoot a 60 second video, and send it to you, sorry, not hired. And you can see a lot from that video. It saves so much time. You're gonna find somebody who, I mean, team members that are good, they will tell you on the video that they're good and you'll see that. The other thing is if you're gonna hire an admin team member who's gonna be answering your phone, you can go to Google right now and get a free phone number and you can have people leave a message. So you can say, we're looking for somebody who's going to dazzle patients on the phone. Please call this phone number and please leave a message on this machine and tell us why you'd be a great candidate for answering the phone in our office. First of all, just do that for fun anyway, because <laughs> it's going to be the most entertaining thing you ever do. And secondly, you're going to go, okay, just delete that one. I'm not even going to listen to the whole thing. If they can't leave a great message on that message machine, what do you think they're going to do in your practice for the rest of their career? Somebody who's really good on the phone, you're going to notice it in two seconds. You're going to go, wow, they're going to be an incredible sunshine pumper that you're like, I don't even, I don't even care. They're hired, you know what I mean? Type of a thing. So Yeah. And if, and if somebody's not willing to go that extra step, we don't want them in the practice anyway. We're looking for somebody who has some initiative. And I will tell you when you just mentioned, um, anyone who interviews with ACT has to do a video that's 60 seconds. The hard part was keeping it down to 60 seconds to be completely honest. Yes. (laughs) I remember having to do that video. But we talk about that. Like we ask people 60 seconds and the best ones never send 60 seconds. It's like two, three minutes. And they're like, okay, I'll just be quiet right now. So that was good. Okay. (laughs) It's awesome. 
So you had mentioned earlier that we had a book that we've been reading and that we use as a resource. And this is that book, The Ideal Team Player. It's by Patrick Lencioni. And uh, we love everything that he puts out. But this one's been really great in looking at how do we hire just the right person for our team and for our practice. And what they have determined through this process is to find that ideal team, team player, you need equal parts of hungry, humble, and smart. And what I really love about this book, if you've never read it, is in the back, they actually have interview questions that feed into each of these categories. And then they give you the idea of what are you looking for in a response to know if this person is going to be hungry, humble, or smart. Humble meaning that this person can take accountability for their errors, that they can acknowledge that maybe they don't know everything. Um, they can know that like, I will need to rely on my team from time to time because I'm not the best at everything. I'm really good, but I also have my flaws. It's really important to be able to acknowledge that within ourselves. Hungry is we want someone who's motivated, ambitious. They are self-driven. They take initiative. Um, we definitely don't want to have to be lighting a fire all day, every day. When we're, when we're spinning burrs in an operatory, we can't be lighting a fire underneath of our team members day in and day out. So we really need someone who's got that hungry behind their personality and what they're looking for. And smart doesn't weigh in the way that you would think. This isn't a matter of smart, meaning intelligence. We're looking at smart from the standpoint of emotional intelligence. Is this person smart? Can they read a room? Can they redirect? Can they handle objections in a way that results in like an irate caller? If someone's upset, are they gonna be able to take that on and manage that well? So when the smart piece comes into play, it's smart relationally and in that emotional intelligence component. So we also have this as a download for you, um, hiring the ideal team player. And there's an FAQ from Ben Erickson, which is an HR, virtual HR organization that works with dental offices. And we have both of these resources to help you to know and understand some of the questions that take us outside of that generic interview question box and put us into asking some really intentional and thoughtful questions. And we'll just roll through some of that now. So yeah. Can I add one more thing? Oh, yeah. So just, just to summarize the brilliant thing that you just said, Marina, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, your treatment plan is this, read the book, download those downloads from Lencioni. And then also please read the Bent Erickson thing because um, it gives you really clear guidelines on what you can ask and what you can't. And they're more difficult than ever now. So you have to follow the rules in hiring um, and Ben Erickson is just a wonderful resource. So don't skip over that one. Yeah, you can get yourself in trouble. So you definitely have to know what the rules, the rules are there for sure. All right. Well, when we're asking intentional questions that help us to determine if somebody is going to be humble, um, you can ask them something like, tell me about the most important accomplishment in your career. And what they're looking for here or what they say for you to look for is listening for a lot of I statements. If someone is just braggadocious when they when you ask this question about all of the amazing things that they have done and they don't build in the team that it took to help them get there or the challenges that came up along the way, but they overcame them, then we might be challenged with that humble component. We also might ask them, what was the most embarrassing moment in your career or the biggest failure and how did you handle it? Again, what we really want here is someone who gets vulnerable and actually says, you know, this is this thing that I did this one time and it was actually the most embarrassing and I had to put my tail between my legs and walk up to my boss or my doctor and tell them, um, but I did, I took the ownership and in the end we came out better on the other side of it. If someone can't come up with a humble, uh, I mean, an embarrassing moment or a failure, like the reality is they've existed and this person probably doesn't have enough humility to really express that. And then what's going to happen if they drop a handpiece and break it in the office? Are they going to have that integrity? Are they going to be um, humble enough to, to come and share with you that like I've made a mistake and that's okay, but you know, here's where I'm at. So these are things that you can ask. And it's actually quite interesting. I love this question. And I ask this one a lot. I help some of my teams when they're interviewing new team members. And I ask this question often because I think you learn a lot about somebody if they, if they can share this with you and what they share with you. And I like the, how did you handle it? Um, that part of the question is really, really important. Because yeah. if they're uh, if they're an accountable person, then they're going to have taken that on in a very uh, 
confident and accountable way. Like I, I, this happened and then this is how I managed it. It's going to yeah. demonstrate their humility and confidence. Yeah. The brilliance of these two questions, finding this component, you're looking for the sweet middle, you know, because somebody that's overly confident and really loves themselves a lot, you're going to see that side of the spectrum. You're also going to see somebody who has no confidence whatsoever. And you're looking for the sweet middle. And I totally yep. agree. How did you handle that? I'm looking for the vulnerability. And like, I just called the guy. Yep. I actually drove right back to the place. I said, I am so sorry. I'm like, it just, it, it it shows you how vulnerable and transparent we're going yep. to be. It, it's it's a character statement. So um, these are I great remember, questions. I remember a time that I, I had a patient's um, partial that got left in the ultrasonic and any hygienist knows that that happens. Occlusal guards, retainers, and partial, it happens. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I knew the patient had already gone home and it was an older individual and it was the end of the day. And I sure did drive it right to their house. I looked up their address and I called and I was like, hey, I'm going to stop by on my way home. I have her partial <laughs> because I felt really responsible. I wasn't going to make that somebody else's problem. So hearing something like that, I'd say, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like that's exactly what I wanted to hear from you. So absolutely. Um, also, another one is tell me about a person who's better than you in an area that really matters to you. And again, we're looking at that balance of humility and being able to look to someone else and acknowledge that there is more that I still have to learn. The next piece is looking at hungry and asking intentional questions around that might be, what is the hardest thing that you've ever worked on uh, in your life? Or what is the hardest you've ever worked on something in your life? You want to know how much effort they're really going to put behind something. And what did work look like for you as a teenager or young adult? I really like this one because a lot of our work ethic begins in our adolescence. And so some of the first jobs that we take on, if we can see that they've put a lot of effort in over the years, even at the, at, I was a landscaper, I mowed lawns in the summer, something that feels like it's not of high importance, but ultimately in the end, that shows a lot of initiative and a lot of effort. Hey, I had to raise money for my own car. My parents couldn't afford it. So I hustled. This is what I did. Those are the type of things that you're looking for. When we're talking about smart, we want to know how would you just uh, describe your personality? You could also say, how would someone else or the people closest to you describe your personality as someone struggles to talk about themselves? What kind of people annoy you most and how do you deal with them? Again, smart is telling us their emotional intelligence. How self-aware are they? How much self-regulation do they embody? How much social awareness do they have? And how much relationship management ability do they have? And so you can go a lot of ways. You can imagine when you hear that question, somebody is going to go off the rails about how much someone annoys them and gets on their nerves. And nah, 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 nah. that's a red flag that that person might bring some toxicity into your office versus someone who says that this kind of annoys me, but you know what? I have a lot of traits that probably annoy other people too. And what I do to manage that is this, Hey, it sounds like this person has a lot of awareness and regulation. Yeah. One more thing I'll just add. These questions are so good. We want you to use them. One of the most toxic people in the workplace environment in the world is a narcissist. Now, I tell you, narcissists are very good at disguising themselves, extremely good. at. It. And when you ask these questions, you're not going to get them exposed, but you're going to get threads of that. You're going to get threads of narcissism. You're like, wow, that was very passive aggressive <laughs> what you just did. And so... Um, and you want to just detect that. And please, you're not looking for perfect answers for any of these. I mean, people are going to stumble over. They're tough questions. They're going to make people think. And so you you also have to embrace the fact that you're not going to get like a brilliant, perfect response. to. I mean, some people right. are going to be like, wow, no one's ever asked you that. Give me a second to think about that. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's a really good point. People will say that all the time. That is a good question. Oh, yeah. I've never thought about that. Oh, give me a minute and just give them the space. Right. to think about it and come up with some, you know, an answer. They have to dig into their history. They're prepared for the generic questions. They're not prepared for these. And so you do have to give them a little bit of space for sure. Um, one last one with this is just describe an example of how you've demonstrated empathy as a teammate and see, you know, what, what they come up with and are they compassionate around others and are they considerate of others or do they think primarily of themselves? And so as we get close here, I'm just going to say, if you, when you find the right person, 
you know, what do you do now? We've interviewed, they answered those questions really well. They're hungry, they're humble, they're smart, and we're ready. So now we have to make sure we are onboarding and not waterboarding our new team members. And to do that, one thing I love is forming a committee for the success of. I did not come up with this. I worked in a in an office. And, love that. And when someone came on board, there was a committee for the success of this person. And if it's a new hygienist, then there might be two hygienists that are on that committee. If you have a small team, you might have somebody from each department, but they, they come on board and you say, this is the committee for the success of you. They're here for you just like I am. And then that person feels immediately like they have someone or more than someone that they can go to when they're stuck or in a crunch or have a question about something and they don't feel like they're left on their own to figure it all out. And the other thing is to have really clear expectations. We have something at ACT called the three by three by three, which is something that helps for new team members to know what the expectations are of them within the first three days, the first three weeks, and the first three months of being hired and brought into your organization. And so um, we have an example of that and a download that we're going to share with everyone as well. And it really breaks down what this system is all about, the purpose and intention behind it. And it's going to look different for each and every role. Yeah. One of the things that's so cool about the 333, and I don't know who originally gave me this idea, but it's brilliant. And I've heard it many times since is you might be thinking, well, I'm a dentist. I can't write all this up. I you improve the process every time somebody goes through it. So you're going to ask the new team member to help you improve this process. So your best team members will test out. It's a very definitive way to make sure people hit these milestones. So they should know certain things by the end of three days, like basic stuff, like, you know, where did you go to dental school? How many kids do you have? Like, What's your spouse's name? They, your they computer login. Yes, like basic <laughs> stuff. And your best ones will want to test out in two days. They'll be like, yeah. I, I, this is pretty easy. By the end of three, you know, three weeks, they'll be testing out faster too. It's a clear line of sight on expectations and how you can stay here. And then as they go through it, just say, can you help me improve this process? Like take videos of you working on Dentrix, take videos of this. And you'll see your best team members will want to help you improve this process. Now, think about this. The other thing that's important is that you're going, if you're going to do dentistry for four decades, you're going to end up hiring people. And you want to have the onboarding process be very effective. We had Ben Erickson here and they said 50%, 50% of retention is onboarding. And really, most dentist onboarding processes are terrible. So you don't tell yourself that say, no, we're developing an incredible 333, a UEP. When we find great people, we do everything to get them working, you know, and supported and, in this environment. And this next piece or the last piece on the slide is exactly how we provide feedback with them is we have really consistent check-ins throughout that onboarding process. Now we like to have check-ins throughout someone's entire employment, but when someone's new on board, we need to have those check-ins more consistently and more frequently to make sure that they're receiving the support that they need from us as leaders and from their committee of success to make sure that they're accomplishing what they wanna be accomplishing along the way. So check-ins are critically important to make sure that we're able to sooner rather than later provide feedback as needed, but also make sure that we're getting feedback from our new team members on if they feel like they're getting the expectations and support that they need to really be successful in that role. We don't wanna be a year later really frustrated with Susie because Susie never does such and such, but we've waited a year to bring up with Susie that that is a problem for us because it wasn't really laid out as a clear expectation in the beginning. Um, all right, so minimizing turnover, as we're getting really close on time, I'm gonna push through some of this a little bit and just give some resources to everyone, but we wanna minimize turnover in our practice. There's a book that we, uh, we are big book people in case anyone doesn't know already. At ACT, we're often recommending great books. So Employalty is a book that we used this last quarter that really talks about um, what people need and want in order to maintain employment loyalty. And so it comes down to having a great boss, an ideal job, and oh gosh, it just slipped my mind on the third component. I put them on the slide. Work. You're the best. <laughs> You're, see how we work together. It's great. There you go. And meaningful work. And so uh, we we bring that in stride in dentistry. Like it's a really amazing career to work within. I brag 
all the time about how much I love dentistry and being a dental hygienist. And if I ever see someone who doesn't feel that way, like I'm, I'm quick to preach how amazing it can be. Um, but we have to also, like you said, create those unique employment propositions that make our practice an ideal place to be where we're providing meaningful, meaningful work and that we're being a really good boss. And that also helps to keep our culture improved over time. So what improves culture and helps team members feel really good about being in your practice is predictability, efficiency, and the sharing of information. This one is huge, really efficient cascading and sharing of information, not tell the game of telephone, but a, a method to how we're making sure we're sharing information. And with us, we're talking about meeting rhythms most of the time, but that's for another podcast or webinar. Uh, consistent connection. And that's coming from those check-ins from our team members, having those committees that support one another and clear is kind. And I, you know, that's another way of saying, I used to always say being nice isn't always being nice. If we're just being nice all the time, are we really being nice to that person? If we're not being clear about where they stand and what we need from them. And in the end, um, there's a great story about someone who had a, a leader who just was so nice and giving such positive praise and feedback. And they ended up getting fired by the person above that person. This was not in a dental practice because they weren't meeting expectations and they were blown away. They were so surprised because their leader told them all the time how amazing they were. And wouldn't it have been a lot nicer if that leader had been very clear? Now you can deliver information and feedback in a kind way as well, but being clear around feedback, expectations, um, how we're doing, job performance, uh, what we expect from our patients and from our team members is really important to have consistent culture and to make sure that the patients, uh, the team members who want to be held accountable are being held accountable. Um, they they want that. And so it's really important to be really clear when we're going down that path. Can I add one more thing? Um, yes. You know, that I, I'll just piggyback on that because that's my biggest problem is don't, I tell people, don't try to be, you know, nice, just be clear. Now I'm not telling you to be mean. But what oh. you do, if you're like me, is you trade one for the other. You say, oh, yeah, it's fine. I used to say this all the time when team members would bring me something. I go, no problem when this was a huge problem. Yeah. And you can't do that. And so it's better. Here's something to think about. Say more with fewer words. Be calm. The key is to be calm, be consistent, be clear, and you can still be nice. Mm -hmm. You'll find team members will really respond very well to that. But if you're like me and you're a wuss, you have to practice or you have to get a great coach that can help you through that. I, I actually will ask very specifically, that's all great. Thank you for all of that praise. What can I do better though? I'm sure there's at least one thing that I'm not doing as well as you would like for me to be doing it. Like I need to know that information in order to be better for you. And your Rockstar team members are going to want that from you for sure. So I know I pushed through the, the last couple of pieces and I don't want to negate how important culture and minimizing turnover is because if we can minimize turnover, everything we talked about in the first 50 minutes of this uh, webinar aren't going to matter because we're not going to be needing to hire and recruit and hire and recruit. Um, so that piece is really, really important. So we want to share some of the things that you've shared in downloads that we're going to be um, giving to everyone that's participating in the webinar to help get you on the right path. And like you said, if any of these don't make sense or you want additional support, that's what we're here for. So you have the three by three by three onboarding model, that Bent Erickson hiring FAQ guide, some job description examples, and uh, that process for why they're so important the right people, right seat scorecard, and our capacity tracker. All of those things have been loaded into the chat and we'll make sure that it's part of the notes with the webinar as well so that you have access to them. And I'm going to let Kirk at this point take it away and make sure that you uh, give everybody one last invite to our To The Top yeah. And wait, when just if you have any questions, feel free to add them to the feed. I'll mention our to the top. But again, anyone that registered for the webinar, dentists only, uh, you can come to our to the top study club, which meets quarterly here in Milwaukee. It's one day. It's Friday. We start at eight o'clock, finish at three. Have you ever been to a course that was three days long and you thought to yourself, this could be a one day course? We do the reverse. It's from eight to three. It's way too much information. You'll be overwhelmed. But you're going to get best practices. You're also going to hear some crazy stuff. And you're going to feel very well supported by a very cool group of people. And uh, it'll make sense for you and give you a lot of energy when you go back. So I welcome you to join us uh, and you can come for free. So any questions for anyone that's 
participating on the webinar. I haven't um, seen any pop into the. No. No. Yeah. So. But we're here. If anybody has any questions, they can. You can always message um, Gina. Gina at actdental.com. G-I-N-A at actdental.com. And, you know, we, we love to bring new people into the community. So we have events, podcasts, webinars. We hope you show up again. This has been fun, Kirk. Thanks for putting my slides together. Hey, on track. I get to do the easy part. So you, you create all <laughs> you create all the brilliance. I just have to make it look pretty. So it's good stuff. So thank you guys for watching. Um, keep uh, keep showing up for the webinars. You're going to see we have a great lineup uh, in front of us for the next couple months, and it's going to be awesome. Real solutions, and then also let us know if there's anything specific you'd like to see. I know everybody has different requests. And uh, we want to make sure these are very meaningful for you and share them with your team, share them with your friends. And uh, until we see you next time, keep having fun and hope you have a better practice and a better life. Love it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, everybody. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.